Have you ever been hurt by people and felt like forgiving them was an impossible task? We are all guilty of holding on to grudges and allowing resentment to fester in our hearts. But the truth is, forgiveness is an incredible act of strength. But what if you had to forgive not just the everyday things, but forgive murderers, forgive rapists, forgive child abusers? Is it even possible to forgive these outrageous acts? Does repentance have to come before forgiveness? And what about all of just the little everyday things? How can we practice forgiveness on a daily basis? On this episode of The Father Pursuit, we will explore these questions and more as we journey together in the pursuit of God's grace and loving mercy. Welcome to The Father Pursuit. This is an M46 Ministries podcast about fathers who want to pursue their children. As God our Father pursues us, we want to encourage fathers as they pursue their kids. And for those of you just trying to figure it all out, we walk this road together. No shame, no judgment, no condemnation. Just a real look at what it means to be an intentional father, learn from our mistakes, and grow forward in love and grace. Together, we are learning to be the father our father wants us to be. Hey, welcome to The Father Pursuit. My name is Matt Davis, and joining me today are both Brian and Bryn Elliott, co-founders of M46 Ministries. Today's episode, this is going to be a bit heavy. Um, we're exploring this topic of forgiveness, um, and especially when forgiveness feels impossible. So we're going to just jump right in. We're going to dive deep, and we're going to explore uh, really just some hard conversations and some hard pieces of this because I think my hunch is that the people are, that there's somebody in your life, go up to anybody on the street and you say, hey, are, are you at odds with somebody? Is there somebody that you need to forgive or are you waiting for somebody to forgive you? And and so we're going to jump around in, in this topic, but um, Bryn, I just want to start out with the question, is forgiveness even a choice? For a long time, I definitely thought it was. And I would have moments where, or even just certain situations or with certain people, even after I became a Christian, that I would just decide, no, I'm not forgiving them. Like I can't forgive this certain thing that they did or said or whatever it was. But as I continued to walk with Jesus, I realized that forgiveness is not actually a choice for people who make Jesus the Lord of their lives. It's actually a command. Even when we look at Matthew chapter six, verses 14 to 15, Jesus tells us, for if you forgive others, their trespasses, your heavenly father will also forgive you. But if you do not forgive others, their trespasses, neither will your father forgive your trespasses. And so I think even that verse really changed the way that I operated in forgiveness because I realized this isn't my choice. You know, I'm not the judge. I'm not the one that decides when someone did something that is too bad to forgive or, you know, anything like that. But God is the judge and 
that if I expect to receive his forgiveness, I also need to extend that same forgiveness to the people around me, to his children. And Brian, this is really the beginning part of the Lord's Prayer. Um, what, what else is Jesus saying to us as, as he goes on and he continues in this, in this prayer to his Father? With the Lord's Prayer, it's very clear that as forgive us our trespasses, as we forgive those who have trespassed against us, and it's, it shows that as we forgive, that we ourselves are forgiven. And it's, it's, it reminds me, too, of a parable that uh, when Jesus was talking to Peter, and it was about the unmerciful servant, and he owed the king a lot of money, had a vast debt. And typically, you would be tortured and jailed until that debt was repaid. And he cried out to the king for mercy. And the king granted his request. And what happened is when that servant went home, the unmerciful servant, there was another servant that actually owed him money and cried out for mercy. And he decided to have him jailed and tortured. And when the king found out that the, the that person that he had forgiven did not forgive another of their debt, he actually had that person then jailed and tortured. And when we think about it, that we are that servant uh, who was forgiven much. And so God asks us to forgive in the same way. So we've been forgiven just a, an unimaginable amount of sin, and we've been given grace beyond imagination. So those that are forgiven much love much. So as we understand that forgiveness and how God, and it's a condition for our forgiveness to forgive others, like Bryn said, it's a, it's a command, and, he's, and it's a very serious one. So what, what does forgiveness look like? It's it's hard when we know that we need to go up to somebody and we need to forgive them, or maybe it's not even that we're going up to them face to face, but what does forgiveness look like? And then what does it change for us as we do that? Well, forgiveness can manifest in many different ways. I mean, it's wonderful what we can do face to face. And I mean, there's a, there's a real exchange there that's possible, but I think so often in life, when we release forgiveness, so often that person may not even be in our lives anymore, or they may not be accessible. And so I think the the act of forgiveness, we have to just understand that there's so much healing in it, and there's so much purpose in it that um, I know when when I look at the uh, at forgiveness, like if I begin to feel any offense or judgment or bitterness or anything towards somebody, first of all, I look at myself and see is, is there pride or what's operating here, but then, I mean, it's always a trigger for forgiveness. And I know that forgiveness, it's its a choice and we understand the importance of it. Uh, it's also a heart position that we understand that, you know, as we forgive, there's, there's literally a healing that's released. And I think one of the most important things with forgiveness is, is to uh, be real. So you, when you, when you forgive, you really look at, you say, look, this is what happened. This is how it made me feel. So you're actually going into the act and how it made you feel. And then you're, releasing them and you're uh within that forgiveness and then i think the the last part is to bless them to pray for them because when you begin to pray and bless it's really hard for any kind of uh, anger or bitterness to take hold and what i've also found is that as i began the process of forgiveness that healing begins to take hold and then I'm able to, sometimes there's layers to forgiveness and you have to go in and, and uh, it's, a, it's a very, very powerful process. Brian, I'm curious, just what if someone doesn't even apologize? What if they don't repent for what they've done wrong? Don't they have to do that first before we can actually forgive them? Like what, what I was taught was like, you know, my, my parents said, Matt, say sorry, and then they would forgive me and then we would move on. But 
is that really how it has to happen? I don't think that that is how it has to happen. And even just when, you know, I think back to it being a command, I don't think that our ability to be obedient to the Lord would be, you know, based off of someone else also doing that. And so, and so I think those are two separate things. I think it's amazing if, you know, somebody is able to be in that with us and it to, it to be an exchange. But um, I also think that it, it is a process that a lot of the time, you know, it has to do with us and the Lord and it has to do with our hearts and the Lord's heart and, and even just the condition of our hearts. And the Lord is wanting us to, to look into those deep places of our hearts. And even like at, at points, we have to just not even make it about the other person, but okay, what am I holding on to? Why am I holding on to this? How is it affecting my life? How is it affecting my relationship with the Lord? Um, you know, how is it affecting the way I see people and the way I'm able to love people? And am I being a rep, like a right representation of Jesus in those moments? Yeah, I think that we have the perception that when we forgive somebody, that we are setting them free, and we we totally are. But really, I think that the the one who gets set free when we actually forgive somebody is us. Um, because there is that torment. The longer we hold on, it, and you said earlier, it, it's this bitter poison that that is within us that it really is just poisoning us. We have to let go. Now, um, my, my wife and I, we we believe in like we want to keep short accounts, and so there's <laughs> there's a lot of uh, forgiveness. In fact, one of our just weekly practices um, is we ask each other a question: Is there anything that I did? like knowingly or unknowingly, where I, I just need to apologize. And normally it's me who has to apologize, quite honestly. But um, so we have to forgive the small things, the daily things. But um, you both in your story, you've had to forgive big, hard, impossible things. What are some of those big, hard things that you have had to forgive? And, and how do you even go about doing that. Brian, do you want to start? Yeah, I know that after I gave my life to the Lord in 2016, I, I looked at forgiveness much differently because number one, I had a, a reverence for the word of God that I had never had before in my life. And I had no idea what was coming down the pipe and the type of things that I would face that I would need to forgive. And before that, I mean, there were, you know, definitely relational hurts and, you know, things that have happened or, you know, some business things that, that were very disappointing that uh, and very hurtful uh, betrayals and things like that. But what was to come? I mean, I, I really needed the Lord and I really needed his word and his guidance. Bryn, what were some of the things that you've had to forgive in the last few years? And what was that like for you? The hardest thing that I have ever had to forgive was when my sister was murdered, having to forgive the people that murdered her. And that was kind of what I was talking about before. It was like for the longest time, I I couldn't even imagine forgiving them. And I was like, okay, you know what? Forgiveness, I can do this thing, but not them. <laughs> and they were like, almost like my out of like, okay, that's different though. And yeah, so that was definitely the hardest thing. And it was a process for me, a quite long process with the Lord. And and it's just normal, you know, like the, the people that have hurt us the most, it's it's the hardest to forgive them. And so I think getting the Lord's heart for other people and understanding that even just understanding the Lord's grace, that it's not just for people who are trying or people who, you know, love the Lord back. You know, it's like his, his grace is for everyone. Like he, he wants more than anything for even the two people that murdered my sister to be able to come to him and be in relationship with him and repent and all of that stuff. And his love is unconditional and it's a reckless love. And so understanding that, 
you know, they are also God's children and that they are also unconditionally loved by the Father and that Jesus is in pursuit of their lives too. I think it gave me a different view of of them, almost like gave me partially the Lord's heart. I don't think I'll ever fully get the Lord's heart for people, but it gave me even a part of the Lord's heart for them of even just like, oh, wow, like they're so lost. They're so broken. And obviously, not obviously, but neither of them apologized or said they were sorry. Um, you know, and it was actually the opposite of in the courtroom, the girl that did it laughed about it. And so this wasn't a situation mm. where they were sorry or, you know, even felt bad about it at all. It was a situation where even though it was like the most painful thing that we had to go through, they at the moment or at that time, like didn't really care at all. And so it was a process of just me and the Lord and allowing the Lord to refine my heart in a way to be able to forgive them. And at one point I did, I thought that I forgave them. And then when the trial came to a close and the girl got off scot-free and was released from jail, no charges against her, the resentment and the anger actually came back. And so I had to go through the process again with the Lord of, okay, what does it look like to unconditionally forgive her? So even when the justice system fails and I don't feel like that was right or fair, what does it look like now to forgive her without any, you know, guidelines around it? Or, okay, you know what? I can forgive her because she's going to be in jail the rest of her life. Like, what does that look like now? And so that was, that was a whole nother process with the Lord. Yeah. I can't imagine. Um, just to, and that, that's totally true is God is not calling us to like, Hey, forgive as long as this is the outcome. And here's a condition on it. Really? That is an unconditional command. Um, and it's one thing to hear it. It's a totally different thing altogether to actually pull that out of your heart and to say, I, I can forgive this person. I, I, I understand the difficulty of what that would be like, the tension that that holds. Brian, when you lost Abby and you're in the courtroom and you're seeing these folks, what was that that process of forgiveness like for you? It was very different. Um, I had to forgive some huge things prior to that. And uh, I had also developed a tremendous amount of intimacy with the Lord. And the, the grace I experienced around my daughter's murder was um, unimaginable, like just his His mercy, his goodness, his grace, and his faithfulness. Um, from the very first morning after her murder, I woke up with the peace of God was so heavy on me and the just such a revelation on the mercy of God and that my daughter was now with him and revelation of really what that means for her and, and for all of us. And so I had really walked through just an, an incredible time with the Lord on that. And so with the murderers, by the grace of God, the forgiveness towards them, I didn't have to work at it. It, it, it absolutely shocked me that um, I just felt the heart of God for them. And I understood the the power of forgiveness and really focused on on Bryn and um, and like Bryn said too, when the uh, when she got off uh, and walked out of the courtroom after three year uh, after a three year murder trial, I had to check my heart because I said, "Look, God, we release her to you. Whatever is best for her eternity, like that, you're the judge, not us." And and so we just surrendered everything to Him. When that happened, it was a real check to see, okay, is that still my heart position? And I had to, um, I did have to go to the Lord with it. And, and that was a, a process of surrendering it again to him, you know, with, but it, it's interesting how when, you know, sometimes you do have to go back and um, when things are unexpected or, you know, because we are human and we do feel, I know 
what had happened years before that. So I, I mentioned that in 2016 is when I finally made Jesus Lord. And and that had prepared me for what was coming next. Because when Bryn was in uh, rehab, she was in some very deep therapy. And, um, and they get to a point where she finally opened up that she had been, you know, sexually, physically, and mentally abused for almost a decade of her life from someone close to our family. And so she called me on that day and uh, I was in my office sitting down and at uh, the back and, and Brent said, dad, I need to talk to you. And I said, okay. And she was there with her therapist and Brent told me, and I just sat there, not in disbelief, but in, I would say shock. And then Brent said to me, she was dad, you weren't, you weren't present and you weren't emotionally available for me, right? How could this have happened? And otherwise, and I, I right away, I said, Bryn, you're right. And just took responsibility. And Bryn was so forgiving towards me and her heart was so soft. I mean, we did work through stuff and in, in family with, uh, you know, family counseling and things like that. And, um, and forgiveness, but she blew me away too over the course of quite a period of time with how how much forgiveness she demonstrated towards me. But that night, uh, I said, so that was early afternoon. And then after I got off the phone with Bryn, I just sat and I just cried all night. I mean, and remember I started when everybody left, I started walking around the office and just in tears. And then I felt like a, an intense anger that I felt it beginning to turn to a hatred towards this person. Uh, who had been so betrayed and and who had damaged my daughters so deeply. And when I felt that, I made the decision that I was not going to allow that to happen. I began to to move into forgiveness as a choice. It's the last thing I wanted to do because I, I just, I was in so much pain, but I began to voice it out loud and I voiced it again and again. And, and, uh, and so that really began a process of healing from that and, uh, and so when the murder came, you know, I'd been through, and we have been through a lot of other things as well that we had to forgive for, as you mentioned, rapes and different things and having to wrap our head around just uh, some unspeakable evils. But, um, yeah, so we've really brought our heart towards the Lord in these things. I'm just thinking through, there's so many of these different back and forths and one situation causes one person to need to ask for repentance while there's another one where somebody has to do the unthinkable of, of forgiving somebody. Um, Bryn, you're, you're sitting in the middle of this situation where you're not only having to face what does forgiveness look like for the person who abused me for a decade, but now you are also lovingly bringing this to your dad, uh, but also needing to forgive him for his absence. Like, What is it like to sit in the middle of those two really big, heavy pieces and to really filter this with the Lord, what does forgiveness look like with all of that? Well, at first, when I first told him that, I wasn't really thinking about forgiveness. I wasn't a Christian yet. I wasn't following Jesus, didn't really mm. know much about him. So when I had to tell him that, I had a lot of anger in me still, but I also, he was my dad and I knew that he tried and so I still loved him. So I, I was trying to do it in a way that wouldn't like totally crush him, but also, I was angry. And so I think at times the anger would, would come out and flare up in different ways. And when I started walking with the Lord is when I actually feel like I was able to fully forgive him because I, I had tried to move on, but I don't think I ever got into full forgiveness and released him from that. And maybe we didn't even say this, but what what was it that you were holding on to or needed, needing to forgive him of? Yeah, I think it was just, I guess, not being the protector 
as a father and for, um, not keeping me safe as a kid and, um, you know, allowing someone that was unsafe into my life that, you know, caused 10 years of trauma to me and my sister. So even though obviously he didn't directly do anything wrong, I think it was just that fact of, you know, you, you didn't do your job is what it felt like. And so that was, that, that was super hard to kind of like wrestle with of like, okay, you know, and, and for a while I, I didn't even really want a relationship with him after that. Well, the one thing too, Matt, like that, that was absolutely true that I, I didn't do my job. And that's really the whole purpose of this father's pursuit, right? That, um, you know, that I wasn't, uh, in tune with my girls and there was a lot of distractions in life and, you know, in my emotions, I, I had experienced trauma early on too. So I really couldn't connect in those dark places. And, uh, so, I mean, that's part of the, you know, the failure you know, as a father, and that that was probably one of the most painful failures. I mean, there's been a long string of them, and uh, but you know, being able to come back and to to reconcile, and I mean, there's always healing, and there's always things. I mean, there's always you know more that we can do, and there's always different layers to things. But again, just the the grace that Bryn has extended to me has uh, has really touched me deeply. There's um, a guy named Donald Miller who who wrote a book called Scary Close, and and. When he wrote this, he was a single guy looking at all of his friendships and his families around him, and he started to notice uh, healthy families. Uh, he said, I'm noticing a common characteristic of healthy families. This characteristic is this, that kids with parents who are honest and vulnerable about their shortcomings seem to do better in life. He said, what I mean is parents who aren't trying to be perfect or pretend that they're perfect have kids who trust and respect them more. It's as though vulnerability and openness act as the soil that fosters security. And I'd say that that's the quality I most often sense in the children of honest and open parents. I sense security. He also goes through and he says, when we've blown it as parents um, to be able to go to our kids and to say, uh, I'm sorry that right now you're angry uh, and I see that anger and I have to be honest with you that that's one of the things that I've probably given to you. You've seen daddy fly off the handle and and get mad and I want to be present. I want to be with you in this and show you how I've worked through some of this in my own life. It's interesting to me as I'm listening to your story that you know, this this section of this is we're pulling this from your book More Than Gold that's coming up, Brian. But this section on forgiveness and repentance is coming out of a, a bigger section in the book called Experiencing God, and I think that there's something to this that whether you forgive right away the next morning, no matter how heinous the act, or whether it takes you months, days, weeks, years, uh, whatever that is, that God is far more interested in going through that journey and us experiencing that process of forgiveness together with Him. Would you say that that's true? And is that why this is part of that section? Brian. Absolutely. And that's, I think, one of the most beautiful things um, about God is in our suffering, our pain, our mess, like he's in it all. And he's doing things in and through that, that um, will have yield great gold in the future. And so, I mean, I, I've experienced God in times where 
the darkest times of my life, actually, that I did not expect them to be. And, uh, and when I look back on those things now, I mean, they're, they've been redeemed and the value now of them and what he's formed in me and, and in Bryn as a result of these things is astounding. Now we can share the faithfulness and goodness of God with so many you know, through experience. Um, we've, we've talked about what if you are the person who needs forgiveness. And Brian, you said that there is something that you've even been working through. There's a way to ask for forgiveness using the apology languages. Can you unpack that a little bit? Yeah. I mean, the timing of this podcast is perfect because my sister and I um, we're actually going through some, just some great reconciliation and understanding and healing of our relationship. And, um, so one of the things that we were really working on is, you know, there's the love languages that most people are familiar with, but there's also the apology languages and we all, uh, need to hear and experience apology in a very specific way. But there's also a way that where you can stack the five different apology languages at once. So when you begin, you know, you say, I'm sorry if it was unintentional and if it was intentional, you begin with just please forgive me. And then it's, it's a full admission that, you know, I was wrong and I own what I did and we don't defend ourselves in this. We don't make excuses. We don't justify it. And there's no explanation required. It's just an ownership. And I know it doesn't matter if you could say, well, it was 90% them and 10% me. That's not the point. The point is you own 100% your part in this. And, uh, I mean, there will be lots of times for, for direct communication, but this is the in the in the moment of the of the apology, and then you really look into them and you say, "Look, I can see how this has impacted you, and I deeply regret it." Then you can really share that you fully understand that that has had, and you could actually even have a dialogue about them, so you understand truly the pain, mentally, emotionally, spiritually that they've experienced as a result of it. And and then the next step is really just voicing that I really want to restore this with you, this relationship. And is there anything I can do to make restitution? And so you're, you're just, so it's an active uh, part of just seeing you know, really what would matter to them. And sometimes, you know, depending on it, sometimes it's nothing. And sometimes the other person has something that would really be meaningful to them in healing the relationship. And lastly, just say, you know, I value your, the relationship that we have. And I really want to be intentional and I do not want to be here again with you. So this is what I plan to do differently. And then just ask them, is there anything else I could do that would help us not be here again? And so it's a beautiful um, way of just getting that, really closing the loop and bringing healing and fullness to that relationship. I love that. Bryn, um, I want to close out um, with you. You know, this is the father pursuit and uh, our heart is really to reconnect uh, fathers with their children, mothers as well, for sure. Um, we want families to be connected, but for fathers that are are needing to approach their kids, uh, needing to ask for forgiveness, um, and even for for kids and families that are needing to hear uh, an apology coming from their parents, um, can you just speak to or even encourage uh, those who are sitting on the precipice of forgiveness, wanting to do it, and just there's a fear that stands between them and and truly letting things go. Yeah, I think especially in relationships between, you know, parents and children, I honestly think that forgiveness can only strengthen your relationship. And even if, you know, you go to your kid and you, you know, take accountability and you ask for their forgiveness and they don't forgive you right away, it's it's giving them an example and it's showing them what it looks like, you know, to love someone and and what what you do when you make a mistake. And sometimes you know, especially for kids that are less mature and maybe higher, you know, emotion, 
it, it might take a minute for them to process and realize what's going on or, you know, or even just to get to the place where it's like, okay, you know, I love them. They love me. I want to accept their apology and forgive them. And, but it will come. And, you know, like even with me and my dad, it, it was definitely a process, but it did come. And so I think, you know, you are the example to your children. You, you show them the way that they're going to go. And so I think that it's just a really important step, even if it does feel scary feel scary in the moment. Yeah, I totally agree with that. Um, thank you both, uh, for sharing, uh, what is a hard and difficult, um, topic. And it's even just a, a difficult place in your life seasons in your life that you have to pull up again and, and to think like, what was that going through? And we also know like the enemy was really attacking this episode in particular. And so, for those listening, just hope that this episode has helped you to understand what it means to truly forgive, to truly experience freedom in not holding on to grudges. And we know that this is easier said than done. So be encouraged and keep being brave in the pursuit of grace and forgiveness. And let me just leave you with this blessing and this prayer, uh, which is one that Jesus said that we referred to in the very beginning. And it says this, our Father, which art in heaven, hallowed be thy name. Thy kingdom come and thy will be done in earth as it is in heaven. Give us this day our daily bread and forgive us our debts as we forgive our debtors. And lead us not into temptation, but deliver us from evil. For thine is the kingdom and the power and the glory forever. Amen. Thanks for listening to the Father Pursuit Podcast. We hope this time together has inspired you to invest in your number one discipleship relationship, the one you have with your children. This is a road we walk together and we know transformed people transform people. For more resources and real life stories to give you hope for the journey, visit us at m46ministries.com. Until next time, may your pursuit be blessed.